thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to welcome you to Jesus the Healer today. Thank you for being with us. And we're believing God with you for answers for your life. Because the Word is the source of revelation. And we are so grateful for the Word that reveals to us God's wisdom, His best, and our help for, for and His help for our life. Amen. We've been taking the last several episodes and we're teaching, ministering along the lines of God's goodness and mercy. And we're seeing some things that's stirring us up. Oh, Amen. And uh, we've been looking at some, some, some of the same verses. We're going to go back and visit again today and then go further with it. If you've missed the previous episodes, I invite you to go back and watch them because yes. it'll be a help to you as we move forward oh, in our yes, teaching. Yes. First Chronicles verse 16 and chapter 16 rather in verse 34 First Chronicles 16, verse 34 reads, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Then it tells us what to thank Him for. For He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. We're not just, saying, we're not just thanking Him because He does good. It says He is good. His essence is goodness. Amen. And so we're to give thanks to him for his goodness and his mercy. What we thank him for is what will flow. Yes. So to receive greater flows of his goodness and his mercy, thank him for it. Yes. Amen. In the face of when you've missed it and made wrong decisions, made wrong choices, thank him for his goodness and mercy that delivers you from those wrong directions in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we looked at Psalm 34 and verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, he wants us to be a partaker of his goodness. Well, how can we become a partaker? The next phrase tells us, blessed is the man that trusts in him. We're to trust in him. When we trust in him, we're trusting in his goodness. Amen. And his goodness will go to work for us. We were looking at that the mercy of God manifests in the different arenas where we have needs. Mm -hmm. Any need is met by his mercy. Um, In the previous episode, we were talking about that there's healing mercies because remember the 10 lepers called out for Jesus. They said, have mercy on us. They didn't say heal us. They said, have mercy on us. So evidently they understood and they were taught that healing is a flow of God's mercy. And then the Bible talks about that in his mercies, he'll deliver us. And then we see with King Jehoshaphat that they won battles because they declared that the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. 
And so his mercy will help us to win battles. Amen. 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 It, they're won by his mercy. Yes. So we need to employ the goodness and the mercy of God uh, instead of talking about worry and fear. Come on. Yes. Getting, getting bogged down in that, that flow or direction of thinking. We need to magnify his goodness and mercy instead of difficulties and problems. Right. Yes. Because it's of his goodness and mercy that we're delivered from those difficulties and problems. Yes. And then, of course, we know this, Psalms 23 and verse 6, and I'm going to read again out of the Amplified Translation. It says, Surely or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow, shall follow me all the days of my life, even the days where I did it wrong, where we did it wrong. His mercy and his goodness is not retracted on those days. It's for those days to help us in those days. Listen, when we miss it, we need his mercy and help more and his goodness more than ever. And so it says that surely his goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and through the length of my days. The house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. So notice this, when we magnify his goodness and his mercy, the presence of God will come into manifestation. We saw that in the old covenant under in 2 Chronicles, it talked about when they praised him for his goodness and mercy, that the glory of the Lord filled the house. What's that mean? His presence came into manifestation. You can bring his presence into manifestation in your life, in your home, as you thank him and praise him for his goodness and his mercy. When you need a miracle, it's in the glory. When you need a healing, it's in the glory of God or the manifestation of God. Well, we have, we have a part to play in his presence coming into manifestation, his, his power coming into manifestation. And that is as we praise him for his goodness and mercy, that's what begins to operate. Amen. Um, then I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 12, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic Translation. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 12. It reads, For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. So we see this correction is a flow of God's love. He's not trying to push us down by pointing out our faults, failures, and weaknesses. He's trying to lift us up out of them Mm -hmm. as we address them. And it's out of his goodness he shows us where we're missing it. It's out of his mercy that he shows us where we're doing it wrong. Because it's not what we're doing wrong right that hurts our life. It's what we're doing wrong. And in his mercy and goodness, he will show us where we're missing it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank God for that. Um, Because God is always moving to advance us, Mm -hmm. promote us, take us further Mm -hmm. into his word, into spiritual growth, Mm -hmm. into spiritual development. Um, He shows us what will hinder us in our spiritual development. You know, there's all kinds of things. There's wrong ways of thinking that will hinder us, wrong ways of speaking, wrong ways of believing, wrong fellowship will hinder our spiritual development, going to wrong places, engaging in wrong activities. All of those things will hinder our spiritual growth and development. And it will rob us 
of, of the fullness of his goodness and mercy if we continue to do the wrong thing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So in his goodness to us, in his mercy, he shows us what to lay aside, what to leave off, Mm -hmm. what to separate from. Not because he's trying to to take something from us, he's endeavoring to bring us into more. So he will correct us, Mm -hmm. won't he? Um, In remembering this, and I... I tell them, I'm going to tell off on myself because I'd love to tell off on somebody else, but I don't know anybody else like I know myself. And so I don't tell off on myself to draw attention to myself because believe me, I don't need that kind of attention. But <laughs> uh, what I've learned will help you in what you need, right? And so that's why I share some of these things because if I'm missing it somewhere, likely someone else could be missing it somewhere. Because God is endeavoring to bring us into more, he shows us where we're missing it. There are, it seems to me there have been seasons in my life where, and maybe you've noticed this before. It seems like there's a season of God saying, correct this, change this, quit doing this, lay aside this. And it's almost like, if I could say it, a season of correction. Now he'll correct us all along the way as we need it because that's what a good parent does. Yes. Yes. When, he, when they care about you, they don't leave you doing it the wrong way. Yes. And so, but it seems to me, especially when God is endeavoring to bring me into something, yes. to take me into something further, he starts really bringing a season. There's a season when he is emphasizing things I need to change. Yes. Um, at those times, I caught my, I, I, he showed me that I was doing something and I knew exactly when he brought it to my attention, I knew what he was talking about. He didn't have to explain it. But it's almost in that season when it's like dealing with one thing after another. And I'm talking about me dealing with myself. And not only that, when he shows us what we need to correct, he'll empower us to do that. We don't make those corrections just by willpower. He will, he will, um, he empowers us when he shows us, uh, what we need to change. It's because he, he's bringing his help to that area. Amen. Amen. And I, I slipped into a way of thinking sometimes just even a wrong way of thinking can, uh, injure your faith. Weaken your faith so that you're not bold in your faith or you don't receive as freely because you're thinking wrong. And he, he brought something to my notice, um, during that, uh, a season of correction. I noticed that when I would sense the anointing come on me and I'm just talking about privately at home I'm not talking about ministry. I'm talking about my own personal life. And I would sense his presence. And when he would say something to me, you need to, you know, employ this or not do this or change this, correct this, mm-hmm. that during that season, I started noticing that I'd kind of start, I don't, I, I guess maybe you would say hold back from him, uh-huh. but I would like flinch. Let's like, almost like, not because he's mean. He's right. not mean. He's right. good. Oh, yeah. But I'm just talking about what have I done wrong now? Yes. I, because I'm so acquainted with my weaknesses, oh, yeah. my faults, my failures. Are you, are, you know, we're all acquainted with those unless we're not sober about ourselves. But if you're sober about yourself, you know, you know, this is, this is a place I need to work on. This is a place I need to fortify, right? 
Uh, I'm not talking about necessarily lifestyle of sin. I'm mm -hmm. talking about just things that will hinder you in your race, yes. ways of thinking, ways of operating. And so I would notice that I would kind of, when he would start dealing with me, I'd almost draw back a little bit, not intending to, but draw back like, what have I done now? Yeah. That when I'd sense his presence, it would almost be, oh, what did I do? Yeah. Yeah. And you get this I would say a persecution complex, yes. but not because God did it because you're thinking wrong. Right. <laughs> and so I would get into this thing because I didn't want God disappointed mm -hmm. or displeased. Yes. And uh, I got to the place to where I thought when he corrects me, it's because he's displeased. And that's not always the case. Yes. It's because he wants more for us. Yes. It's not because he's upset with us. Yes. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. Uh, we want him pleased. Yes. Faith, yes. faith pleases him, yes. right? Yes. And I don't want to do things, and I know you're you're the same way. You don't want to do things that to purposefully do things to displease him. Yes. So I would almost draw back a little bit. And if I could say it this way, you might not know what this phrase means. Maybe it's colloquial. Waiting for the other shoe to fall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so I would draw back a little bit. A sense of waiting for him. A sense of waiting for him to let me know what it, what it, all right what else what else have I done wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I know yeah. I've done you know yeah. I'm not all that so, yeah. um, and then what I realized when I would take that approach with him, it's almost like he had to assure me of his love so that I would warm back up yeah. to him. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Maybe yeah. I'm just talking yeah. in circles here, but. No. I know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Whether I'm articulating that right or not, I know what I mean. So I, this is what I was doing. I was basically at those times wanting him to assure me that he loved me so that I wouldn't beat myself up. Yes. That's called wrong thinking. Right. That's called wrong thinking. Before I would let my guard down, it was almost like assure me that, that of your love and then I'll let my guard down. And God said to me, the presence of God came into my room one day and he said this to me. He said, you are dealing in an unkind and an unfair manner toward me. Mm. Wow. And I said, in what way? Because I don't want to do that. Right. Yes. And he said, anytime I correct you, even if I'm firm, with you in my correction. Because haven't you ever sensed when he can talk, sometimes yeah. when he talks to you, it's more firm than yes. other times. Mm -hmm. And he said, anytime I'm bringing to you a correction, a change, I'm only being good to you. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know that. Yeah. I know that verse yeah. that whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Yeah. I understand that. He yeah. says, yes, but you're not responding that way. You're responding with a little bit of timidity, yeah. a little bit of stepping back, a drawing back. Yeah. I was guarded. Let me put it yes. that way. Yes. I was guarded, but he was only ever being good yes. and only being merciful and only being kind. But see how you can slip into wrong thinking in a, just a very slight way. And it starts affecting things in a larger, in a larger way. Yes. Remember what the word says? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Yes. Wrong thinking about little in little ways, that they're not prominent, right. prominent thoughts, but it's just a thinking that's gotten a bit off track right. and it can have a big effect. Yes. And then he said to me, you're treating me like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Mm. Oh, wow. 
And I go, oh, no, that could go a lot of different ways. <laughs> you know, like what, what way? And God brought this to me. He said, after they sinned, he said, I would come down as my pattern in the cool of the day and I would fellowship with them. They would partake of me, my flow, my fellowship, my wisdom. That's how they could set up things on the earth the way I wanted because yeah. they, in that time of fellowship, they learned me. Right. And he said, so before they sinned, I would fellowship with them in the cool of the day. After they sinned, he said, when I came to have fellowship with them, they were hid. Mm-hmm. He said, they had drawn back from me. Yeah. And he said, he asked me this question, when was I ever bad to them? that warranted them drawing back wow. from me. Wow. And I said, God, you were never bad to them. Yeah. And he said, so they, they responded unjustly and unfairly to me by hiding from someone who had never done anything worth hiding from. Wow. That's good. And I said, I see that. And he said, I was... You know, and Brother Copeland has helped me with this so much. He made this statement. God was giving them the opportunity to repent. Yes. But what, that, what did they do? They hid from that opportunity. And when he said to them, have you eaten of the tree? What did Adam do? He didn't, he didn't repent. He shifted the blame to her. He said, the woman you gave me. When he asked the woman, she said, the serpent. They, neither one of them took responsibilities for their own actions. He was giving them the opportunity to repent because they wouldn't repent. They had to leave. They had to leave the garden. So they only assumed and feared that he would be unkind. And that's why they hid. And God said to me, they only assumed and hid themselves from me because of who they had been with. After they'd come in contact with the serpent and sat and had listened to him, yes. it affected yeah. how they thought. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Very good. And they started treating God as though he would, was dealing unkindly with them. When those thoughts that they adopted came because of who they had been fellowshipping with in yes. the serpent. That's good. So they were accusing God mm-hmm. of something that the serpent would do, but nothing God would do because they've been listening to the serpent. The one you listen to is the one that's going to dictate how you respond. And God said to me, he said, by being, by listening to the serpent as they did, listening to Satan, it distorted their view of me. And now they hid from someone who only was good to them. They didn't hide from the serpent. The one who was bad, the one who came to steal, kill, and destroy, they didn't hide from him. You see? And God said to me, when you draw back, it lets me know you're not listening to me. You've been listening to the wrong thing. Wow. I told you I'm telling off on myself. Now, this was a period of time ago, but I'm talking about God had to deal with me because you can slip into a way of thinking and not realize you're in that way of thinking. Um, How many times people have slipped in and they wouldn't even, they might not even verbally say it because they they know it's so wrong. They wouldn't even let themselves say it out loud. But in the back of their minds, sometimes people are holding God 
calling him guilty for things that have happened in their life. I'm talking about bad things. Tragedies that would have happened. And in the back of their mind, there's a sense of why didn't God? Why would God? Why didn't he intervene? Why did And you don't tweak that kind of thinking. It'll injure your faith and cause you not to enter into the kind of fellowship God wants to have with you. It does in the sense of God, God comes and he came. He knew Adam and Eve had sinned, right? He knew that, but he still came for fellowship. He knows when we've missed it, but he's still available for fellowship. But it's all on whether or not we enter that fellowship is how we think toward him. And many times we have, we have been in, we have been listening to the wrong things long enough that it's distorted our fellowship with him. Yes. How many times people, when they missed it, Christians, when they missed it, they'll draw back from God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why? They know they've done wrong. Yes. They're ashamed. Yes. They're disappointed in themselves yes. and they draw back from God. That's that's the wrong response yes. because he had nothing to do with that. He's the one that came and made himself available to Adam and Eve in their sin. Yes. He makes himself available to us yeah, when, when we miss it. You know what we should do? Run toward yeah, yeah. him, yeah. not find something to hide behind. Yeah. Staying out of church, oh, draw back yeah. from God right. because the ones who draw back have been listening from the one who have been listening to the one who failed. Satan yeah. failed yeah. and was cast down. We don't need to be drawing back with the one who was cast down. Right. Amen. Amen. They could have run toward him. Yeah. When they heard him, they could have run toward him and said, yeah. we sinned. We did what we shouldn't have done and God would have, the outcome would have been different. They would not have been run out of the garden. God gave them the opportunity. Amen. They should have run toward his kindness, but they thought wrong about him. And I invite you, think into, are there things that maybe we have accused God of? Not verbally, mm-hmm. but in the back of our minds, mm-hmm. God didn't come through on that for that. Right. When we we don't need to be blaming God, He had nothing to do. Right. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. Anything that steals, kills, and destroys came from Satan. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a loved one, whether it's someone that went to heaven early, whether it's a sickness, a disease, a, some kind of financial failure, mm-hmm. God had nothing to do with that. Right. Right. Yet right. people all the time are blaming God. Yeah. When it's really, they're, they're not even blaming the one who's the cause of it, who is yes. Satan. He has so distorted the thinking of people yes. that they, they, they blame the wrong one. What about this? We see, we see an example of God in this when we read the story of the prodigal son. You know the story of the prodigal son. He demanded of his father, I want my inheritance early. So the father gave it to him. And he went away from the father's house and lived riotous living, wasted all of his living, lived in a lifestyle that was not in keeping with how he was raised. He knew, don't live that way. But he went against what he knew. He lived a life other than what he had been raised to live. When he came to himself and he recognized how low he had gone and he said, I know what I'll do. I'll go back to my father. I'll repent to him. So he was already, he, he got back into right thinking. He turns and journeys toward home. What's the father doing? He's watching for him. 
He's watching for him. See, God's watching for you, not to, not to condemn you or judge you, but to welcome you, receive you. Hallelujah. So as the prodigal son gets in proximity and the father can see him, the prodigal son has not even yet repented to the father, mm. but the father's already running toward him. When the father reaches him, the prodigal son carried out the proper action. He repented. Yes. He said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. He was saying, I violated you. I violated the household. He carried out that repentance, which he should do. And he did. Yes. But I want you to see this. If you just turn toward God, yes. he will run toward you. Yes. So that means when you miss it, don't run from him. He's already uh, running toward yeah, you when right. you missed yes. it. Anytime you missed it, just run and say, Father, I missed it. Because you know what? You're going to be met with his goodness and his mercy. You're not going to be met with judgment and criticism. Now, listen. Uh, People will say now, you know, this is almost a catchphrase. Don't judge me. Listen, God will not call you right when you're not right. He's not permissive towards wrongdoing. He's merciful toward it. So we cannot expect that his mercy toward us is his permissiveness toward wrongdoing. We correct what, what is not in line with the word. Amen. We make that correction. But this is what I want you to see is that when you miss it, run to him because you will not be met with something harsh and hard. You will be met with his goodness and his mercy because when we missed it, we need help getting put back on the right track and having things restored that were lost to us. What did the father do to the prodigal son? He put his ring on him. He put his coat on him. He killed the fatted calf. He put him back into right standing with himself. The prodigal son was not even looking for that to happen. But that's what goodness and mercy does. It gives you what you didn't earn. Thank God for it. What's this mean to us? Anytime God corrects us, just run toward him. Anytime God shows us what we need to change, thank, thank you, God, for showing us. Amen. Because your goodness and your mercy, you showed me. And not only that, your goodness and your mercy helps me make changes, helps me make the corrections. Amen. Expect that you're met with his goodness and mercy, not with something bad. Because you're not, he, nothing bad can flow from him to your life. Amen. I don't know about you, but it makes me want to do even more what we read in second Chronicles. Uh, Praise the Lord for he is good. Praise him for his goodness. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I know this. Anytime I miss it, I just run so quick. God, I missed it. I missed it. Why? Because you can grow up spiritually very quick when you take responsibility because then you're in place to receive that goodness and that mercy that elevates you. Hallelujah. Oh, these are good things to hear. These are good things to know. Amen. And we have such a good father. He is full of, he is good. And we're his, we're the objects of his goodness. Amen. So you don't want to miss the upcoming episode. We're going to keep going this way. And I tell you, it's a joy to be with you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. It belongs to us. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Tulsa, Oklahoma at The Rock Church, April 16th through the 20th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.